Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me on this Wednesday, August 24th in the locker room. I'm Alan Locker. Actress Toby Poser is here today to talk about her artistic collaboration with her husband, John, and two daughters working together on independent films with their Wonder Wheel production. Guiding Light fans will remember Toby for her role as the wicked Malibu madam Amanda Spaulding. Toby's career began in New York City, acting in productions off-Broadway, including Mike Lee's Obi-winning Ecstasy with the new group, and regionally. On TV, she has appeared in all the Law & Order series and in independent films, including the iconic The Incredibly True Adventure of Two Girls in Love. As a voiceover artist, she's been heard on numerous national campaigns, including the progressive auto insurance commercials. As the founder of Wonder Wheel Production, Toby and her family have made seven award-winning feature films within the drama and horror genres, writing, directing, producing, shooting, acting alongside her husband and two daughters. I can't wait to talk about Wonder Wheel Productions. Please welcome to the locker room, Toby Poser. Hi. Hey, Toby. <laughs> Thank you for that really loving um, introduction. Hello, you. hi everybody. You are so welcome. Yeah, I mean, what a what a fascinating uh, collaboration that is, truly. Thank you. Yeah, it keeps us very, very busy. Well, <laughs> and um, that's yeah. good the brain and the heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, it's good, to, you know, which I'll ask, we'll get to, you know, working with the family. But, but take me back, you were born in Hunterton, Pennsylvania? Yes, yeah, central, yeah, central PA in Huntingdon. Spent most of my time in Lancaster, Pennsylvania until I was 10. And then I moved to Baltimore through high school. Wow. And, and what, what, what was Baltimore like back then? What, what stands out in your mind? I'll tell you something pretty crazy. Grant Alexander went to my school. And so I grew up knowing about this guy, Grant. He was, you know, he was just like a, a hero. But, and I think he was nine years older than I am, eight or nine years older. So I'd never met him. I just knew this iconic guy who'd made it. And, <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's my, he's my little brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to mention that. Um, it's crazy small worlds like that too, right? Uh, yeah, and what a great guy. Just yeah. what a wonderful actor and human being. <clears throat> I, I could not agree more. I did see him recently um, up here on the east. So he, he's 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 looking the same. He he doesn't age that that Mr. Alexander. Um, what drew you to? You know, I I know you uh, caught the acting bug at fifteen. What was it at fifteen? At you know, what drew? You, you to it at that age. I had a wonderful teacher, you know, um, thank God for wonderful teachers. And this was my English teacher, but he also was the drama, <clears throat> the, the head of the drama department at my school, Mr. Van Meter. And uh, I, I love when I'm talking to actors and they remember their name and say it because it really is 
so important. And I know for me, even though I didn't go into acting, my theater teacher really, you know, mentioning her name makes me light up. Oh, same. And Mr. Van Meter, you know, he would just sit there and smoke a cigarette and he'd be like, hmm, <laughs> too good not to be better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and all these little truisms and sayings that were so wonderful. <clears throat> and so uh, he, I auditioned for a play, an Agatha Christie play, but my, I have such atrocious handwriting that I, that I thought I didn't get in the play. You know, I, 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 I looked up in the, you know, on the board with the casting and I was like, oh man, I finally had the courage to audition for a play and I totally, you know, didn't make it. And then he, he approached me in the hall and he said, this, he wasn't my teacher yet. And uh, he said, why weren't you at rehearsal? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, didn't you see you were cast in the play? And I said, no. And he said, isn't your name Toby Foster? And I said, no. He said, well, then you should have better handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that is, wow. I never learned my lesson, but I stuck with it and I acted all um, through the rest of high school. You know, Shakespeare he introduced me to, and yeah, to, still to this day, even, <laughs> even directing films, I think about little things that Mr. Van Meter taught me you know it could be something as simple as the visual neatness of two actors sitting down at the same time like if I sit down and you sit down and we're on stage or on screen together it's going to look kind of clunky if I sit down and you sit down they sit down together it's beautiful and seamless just tiny little things or um not to eat ice cream before I go on stage because you get really flummy you know there's so many things that I've just will always love Mr. Van Meter for. And I love that it, you know, the fact that things like that stick in your mind, you know, like, I mean, yeah, it just pops back in because of that impression they make on us. It's huge. And the community of, of your kids. Um, my daughter's about to go to college and she said, oh, I have a meeting in a black box theater. And I nearly just, just had a conniption. I was like, no, really? You have a meeting in a black box theater. I am so excited for you. It's just like, <laughs> like oh, you're so weird. <laughs> oh, that's great. The, the creative yeah. imagination that, you know, erupt out of a black box space are good things. Would you remember what your first play was? Oh, yeah, I mean, I did a few things. Maybe The Crucible with her. Good one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I did. I acted again in college, but I really, you know, and, and, you know, I mentioned to you backstage, you know, getting the job as a page at ABC sort of was like, because I, I did think about acting, but you know, I was working and I was working in entertainment and I was making money and it was like, hmm, I like getting money. <laughs> you know, like it was, I didn't have, and I didn't have to audition, you know, I, I was sort of like doing things, working on stages, working for Regis and Kathy Lee and Good Morning America and giving tours of all my children. So it was like, I was in, in that space, but yeah. Um, what is a black box theater? <clears throat> a black box theater is, it can, it's usually just a very plain black space and you can dress it as much as you want for a play or often maybe you have, you, you can rearrange the stage, like maybe it's a thrust, maybe it's a surround. It's just a black space where often, I mean, my favorite use of a black box theater, and we've used this a little bit in, in actually in, the, in our current film that we're shooting, um, you let your imagination do a lot of the work. 
for me, I love a black box space that doesn't that isn't heavy on scenery. I, I like to use my imagination and, and really focus on the story and the actors and the words. Hmm. I'm so glad you brought it up because I've never heard that said before, the black box theater. Yeah. See, I love you. So many things you can learn. <laughs> Just having conversations, you can. You went to Tulane University. What made you pick Tulane? I wanted to go to New Orleans. I just, you know, I, I applied to some conservatories. And in the end, I just said, I'm going to go someplace I've never been. They weren't even known for the theater department, but um, it was the perfect place for me because uh, it wasn't a huge department, but sometimes that's the best education you can, you can get when you just, you're, you're only one of a few and, um, I got to get a Bachelor of Fine Arts there, do wonderful plays, great, more great professors and directors, um, writers, great grad program. Yeah, so I went because I because I was intrigued by New Orleans. <clears throat> and um, and it, I, I get so frustrated when people say, oh, it's such a party school, it's such a party town. It's such baloney. I mean, obviously you can do those things there, but Tulane's a really excellent um college yeah. and the education was phenomenal and the, the city is so much more than just it's alcohol absolutely i mean i yeah I, absolutely i agree i think new orleans is an incredible city it's been years um i just wanted to read some things people i love toby poser as amanda i always felt they missed out on so much good potential and story for her um Adam says, yeah, I loved her as Amanda. Such a delicious diva and villain she was. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> and yeah, that's really fun. You know, she was so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. She was just such a delight to play. First of all, I am very unglamorous, you know, and Amanda was a real glamour puss. And, and, um, and I tend to just be, you know, if I had a dime for every time some someone said to me, you're so nice, I would be so wealthy, you know? So, so playing someone a little kind of wicked and mischievous like Amanda was just to die for. It was so much fun. I, I, I bet. Um, what was the best going back to Tulane for a minute? What was, you know, you, you talked about school in Baltimore and that teacher. What, what do you think you took away from Tulane? Oh, um, I think the the community, the people, you know, when you are doing, <coughs> excuse me, you're doing theater, you're around people a lot. You, all your hours when you're not studying, you're rehearsing. So you spend all your time around these people with whom you're um, rehearsing and then performing a play. And I think theater people are colorful and wonderful. And, uh, and so I think it would just be the community. The people, okay. people who like doing theater, um, are comfortable with their bodies and their imaginations and they tend to be open-minded and wonderful and so it really opened up to, up to me a world that is just um beautiful and creative i love that and, and new york was your first stop uh, did you ever consider la as the first you know you you no. went to new york I didn't. I was so, you know, just laser like pointed on New York City. And I took a train there one day and I just said, oh, that's it. This is where I'm going to go. I'd, I'd gotten into some grad schools, some, you know, um, and I decided I'm not going to get my master's in acting. I'm just going to go for it. And I, <clears throat> when I got 
out of the train and I walked out of Grand Central Station. I got in a cab and immediately they hit someone. And the person rolled off the roof of the cab and said, I'm okay, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then for a while, it's going to be a ride, but it's going to be okay. <laughs> I mean, that's right out of the movies right there. Yeah. And I was actually in a wonderful, you mentioned it in the intro, I was in a really great off-Broadway show when I got cast <clears throat> in Guiding Light. Um, it was Mike Lee. Uh, he's usually known for his films, but um, he's a wonderful uh, dramatist as, as well. And so he wrote this play, Ecstasy. And so it was, um, it was, it was a really brutal kind of dark, wonderful, edgy, raw play. <clears throat> and I got to do. I was doing that at night. I would go from Guiding Light to you know to go perform after. It was really cool. Wow. And what what do you remember about your audition? Because you actually auditioned for Betty Ray, right? Yes. Oh, Betty Ray. Legendary. Uh, yes, legendary Betty what, Ray. What a gift to have been able to, um, you know, be introduced to the soap world through her. I, I had gone to audition for her a couple of times, and I always assumed I would never be on a soap. I just felt like I wasn't your typical soap actor but she you know luckily really liked me and she would just bring me in and sometimes we would just talk remember i once i had just come from doing a film in russia and i had this wonderful wild love affair in russia and i came back and i told her all about it the audition took about a minute but we talked for 20 minutes about russia and my love affair with dimitri um and then eventually with amanda and and the you know the um description of amanda was legs that never end. That's not me. I've, I just have these athletic stocky legs, you know, um, that she was tall and model like, that's not me, but she was so cool. She brought me in because she thought, Hey, maybe Toby can contribute something of her own. And so I felt comfortable enough to not try to be this long leggy model. I went in, she said, great. Michael Labson really wants to see you. He loved theater actors. So I'm grateful to Michael Labson. I came in, I auditioned with him. He said, great, let's bring you back for the screen test. I'm thinking, what is going on? This is so weird. Again, it helps when you think sometimes it helps when you don't think you're going to get something because you just relax. And then I went in and I got to do the screen test with Kurt McKinney, who was playing um, Jerry Ver yeah. he was playing Ross. But he was. He was oh, OK. They had him come in to play Ross. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, and that was so much fun. And here I am making out with a stranger, a wonderful, very handsome stranger. Yeah. Um, oh, and I have a fun story about that, if you let me tell you about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, please. I love Kurt. Kurt's such a good guy. He's so great. Um, but I was really kind of broke. I wasn't making much money off Broadway. I think I had $350 or $380 in my bank account. And I said, I have to look good for the screen test. So I went to a store in Greenwich Village and I walked into this store and there was this beautiful red long gown, silk gown with a little red jacket. I said, that's it. I'm going to wear that. It was $300. I said, I had better get this job because I have $50 left in my hand. <laughs> and I bought it and then I got the job. Wow. You knew. You knew. You're like, I need that dress. I'm going for it. <laughs> I love. I didn't realize Kurt wasn't playing Matt for the uh, screen test. He was. It was a rock. It was a rock scene. Yeah. Oh wow. Wonderful. Ross. I wish. I wish that was on tape because that would be fun to see Kurt play Ross. 
<laughs> I mean, he had to kiss three women that day. I think there were three of us. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I didn't realize, thank goodness, I didn't realize that, that you could watch the screen test on the monitors. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't learn that until I was on the show. And I think if I'd known that, I might have been very nervous. If you thought people were watching you. And Ian trying to, you know, judge who should be the character. I, <laughs> I wouldn't want yeah. to know. I mean, God knows, you know, hair and makeup could have been watching the, the writers, everybody. That's where we always sat in the chair and watched on the monitor in hair and makeup. Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, did someone take you under your wing when you first arrived? Oh, yeah. Well, two women really come to mind. Um, Liz Kiefer. And she and I shared a dressing room for a short time. Um, and then Kim Zimmer was across from me. And... Uh, but I worked, I worked so much with Liz and Marge Doucet. So I would say those three women had a massive influence on me. Um, but Liz was just so, she was like, she just was like a sister to me. She made me feel so at home. And of course on screen we were, you know, like cats and dogs, but mm -hmm. off screen, she, you know, um, she was just so kind and wonderful, a great listener, which is I think the best thing a person can be. Actually, the day that I um, I found out I was pregnant, I was unmarried and pregnant, and I the next day I showed up at work and I was just a mess. And the first, the only women I told were were Kim Zimmer and um, and Liz Kiefer, and they both made, just you know had a little cry with them. I didn't know what I was going to do, and uh, and they were just so wonderful. And then the next day I got fired. <laughs> Oh my I God. I didn't know I was pregnant. <laughs> but the timing was maybe fortuitous because I went off and I had my first daughter, Lulu. That's, it, it is wild with timing, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Wow. What was the best part of playing her, playing Amanda? She was just so much fun. And the writers really were wonderful. Sometimes I would add a little, little bit and they welcomed that. I think especially in the first year when um, I think they really trusted the actors to know what was right for their characters. So if you kind of in rehearsal, let's say, tried a little something, the director or the writers might say, that's good, keep it. You know, let's go there. And then they would start writing in that vein for you. And so um, Amanda was fun. And for me, the goal was always to you know, nobody thinks they're a villain. Nobody really thinks they're bad. And so the goal was always to have fun with her mischievousness but um, and her wickedness, but to make sure she always had a massive heart, you know, that I always wanted to like Amanda, and I always did. Well, that had to come across, you know, because as I said, the love for you as Amanda, you know, comes through from the people watching us today. You know, so she definitely resonated with fans. Uh, talk about the late Marge and Michael Zaslow, who you spent much time with. I'd love to. Marge was someone who really taught me about how to be a classy actor. I remember when we were, um, you know, when we were in uh, <clears throat> Florida for the episode that took place at Universal, I think it was. Yeah. Alan um, Michael getting married. Yes. So um, that was the first time I'd been in public with, I was pretty new um, still. And 
in public with other actors and fans coming up and recognizing us. And she really taught me how to be gracious and, and just be a kind and, um, yeah, and grateful actor with, with those who come up and say, hey, I really appreciate your work. And I was so indebted to her for that because I, I was young. I was 25 or 26 and so many ways I was just ignorant. And she helped speed me along to a place where I wasn't so ignorant. Um, and on screen. I, I love hearing that because, you know, Mar you know, many people have, you know, always talk. Marge was so classy, but then there was the, the body side of, of her as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, she was, and that's the on screen. You could just, <laughs> she could just surprise you. She just, that's the thing. The, the people who are wonderful and classy are really good at, you know, you know, stinging you with something completely opposite. And, and you know, I remember, she, I think she told me a story about rejecting Elvis on a date. Does that sound, sound familiar? I, I don't know. That it wouldn't she surprise said, me. He asked, he asked her out and I think she said no. <laughs> wow. That takes some chutzpah. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's got it. <laughs> she had it, you know. There's, Every really time I realized like, I had scenes with her, I was just you know, floored. I was so excited. Um, and then Michael Zaslow, I loved working with him. And it was a really poignant time, of course, because when I was working him, it was at the beginning of, I don't know if he'd been diagnosed yet, but he was having issues, you know, um, speaking. And it was, it, I felt like my time with him was very intimate um, because he was going through something that he didn't want to be going through. He didn't want others to know he was going through. And so sometimes we would do a scene and he would say, did I do okay? Who did, could, you know, and I'd be like, you did great. You know, and it was, it was a poignant, poignant, sad time. Um, and I wish that Guiding Light had um, embraced what was happening. Don't you? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I, I, I imagine they probably wished they had to. I, I, I'm sure, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure. There's just, sadly, there's so many people involved in things like that. But yes, I would hope, let's hope, we both hope that they feel that way. Um, it, it, yeah, but um, that disease is just, you know, I've, I've lost uh, people I know, you know, some acquaintance friends and uh, a photographer who worked with us for many years on Guiding Light. After Guiding Light went off the air, he was diagnosed and passed away from it as well, you know. Um, and here, you know, here's somebody like Michael, you know, creative, you know, photography is your hands in the camera. And it's a heartbreaking mm -hmm. disease. And to watch somebody like Michael go through that was tough for everybody, I think. It really was. I thought he did it with such poise and grace. Um, and what a, I mean, what a wonderful guy. What a great actor. It was so mm. much fun. It was, it was so much fun working with him. Um, Cause he was wicked too, you know? And uh, <laughs> he was such a good little, you know, sneaky mischievous guy. Um, I loved my scenes with him. And, you know, another, you know, gone too soon, Jerry. Yep. What Talk do you remember about, about that, Right. Um, I remember immediately 
when I was on the show, his just making me feel so comfortable and that I, I, I couldn't do anything wrong as long as I was there in, in the fold of that wonderful crew and, um, you know, team and, and cast. Uh, he just made me feel, he just, he made everyone feel like they were just the best people in the world. He was so selfless and kind. Yeah. And it, it's so interesting because, you know, you first were describing Liz and, and, and I'm, you know, Liz probably became who she was there because of how he treated her. Oh, they were great together. They were, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so <laughs> yeah, you, you he's... worked with so many great, yeah. I mean, Liz, Wendy Moniz, you know. Yeah. Yeah, who, who I, is really cool. I love I love Wendy. Um, I loved Kevin Mambo. I really uh -huh. Kevin was around Kevin. I Kevin really loved Kevin. And Ron Rains was a huge, um, you know, my father and then my brother. <laughs> he as my, only in as only in soaps. He would sneak in. He would, he always had little candies on him, and so he would kind of just in between takes, he'd sort of sneak you a Hershey's kiss. He'd be like here. And he'd be humming a tune. What he was so uh, fun. That so voice. Yeah. His voice, right? Indeed. Ah, uh, what a great period too. Um, what what you know? You you talk about how old you were during that time. Like when you left, you know, when you look back now, what what do you think you learned from that experience that has helped you? In, at Wonder Wheel. Sure. Um, I mean, acting wise, I think you really learn, you're, you're, you learn, you become a machine in a way. Like you learn how, how to learn lines quickly, but be malleable because on the day you show up, you might have to scrap half of them or change them. And that was a wonderful exercise. Um, uh, and then I just learned, you know, so much of the soap is done succinctly and simply you know the directors know what they want you know you have the three cameras and so as a direct as a filmmaker now i i think it helped me realize what is frivolous and what um and doesn't need to be in a scene and what uh what really moves the story along because the soap is always about um you know moving the story along i i don't know if you'll have an answer to this but you know i'm thinking back to you know, how your teacher is popping in your mind. Are there any directors that are popping in your mind when, you know, now that you're in the, the filmmaking? Oh yeah. Um, Brian Mertis. I really uh -huh. loved working with, um, uh, let me see. Um, uh, Brian Mertis, uh, let me see who else. Well, I'm just curious, you know, and Bruce, it, you know, Bruce gonna... Berry, Bruce Berry. Yeah, Bruce, yeah. I loved Bruce Berry, um, Matt Lagle, and the women, um, Joanne, you know, Joanne said, Sedwick, um, and Susan Strickler. Yeah. So those, those five, I really, I really remember and worked with the most, you know. And Brian did a lot of theater, so that was cool. Always cool to work with him. Is there something that you know you've taken from them? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think maybe when I'm thinking of um, Bruce, 
sometimes he he would I, I felt comfortable to try new things with him, but he would um he would definitely nip it in the bud sometimes and say, Okay, I'm glad we tried that. Now we don't need to do that. You know, and so he was very like that this works and this doesn't. And that was cool. But I think with all of them, I felt pretty, I felt pretty comfortable. I think it was Joanne that I had to do a first a really big, like emotional cry scene. And I was scared to death, even though coming from theater, what, you know, it's for, for me, just doing that on camera felt very different from doing something in, in theater. Um, I felt a lot of pressure and she really held my hand and said, you can do it. Just go there, you know? And I think I might have gone too far. I think my I was just shaking. I couldn't control myself. <laughs> well, probably because you were so nervous about it as well. So it, it was the the confluence or whatever the word is, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the emotion. Tony just said that Brian Murtis is directing shows at Trinity Rep Company in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, what a great theater! Cool. Um, to work with him in theater. Do you miss theater? I do. I'd like to do it now that my last kid is going to be in college. Maybe I'll start doing it again. You should do it on your property up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, me I meant to say backstage. There's a great article on Toby and her family from the New York Times. And that picture that they took of the house is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we have a pretty kooky house just my husband has a tendency to hang everything including old rust you know so i always say oh my gosh it makes sense that we make horror films these days because we're all going to you know perish underneath one of these pieces of you know rust that falls on our head one day <laughs> that's so funny so this past weekend i with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I stayed in New York City. My sister and her husband own a house in uh, Union Square around the corner from Irving Plaza, where you met your husband. I did. Um, tell me about meeting your husband at Irving Plaza. We were there to see a band. I don't think I, either one of us was really into the band, but the bass player's brother was a mutual friend of ours. So we showed up and um, separately, we didn't know each other. Um, and, I, and my friend introduced us. And I remember watching the show and um, so, um, I remember watching this show. Did I lose you? Nope, I'm here. Oh. oh did the browser go away? It did. Let me go back to here. There it is. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. That's um, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. And I felt this presence. I could feel this heat behind me, this tall, good-looking guy. And I remember turning around saying, 
can you see over me? He said, oh yeah, I can see just fine. And I thought, this guy is weird. <laughs> and he was really, you know, pretty and good looking. And I was kind of into like, you know, bad rocker boys with bad teeth. He's a bad rocker boy, but he, does, he doesn't have bad teeth. Or he didn't back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so my friend got us, got me to go to John, that's my husband's name, to his gig because he was in a band. He's always been in bands. And he's made him put me on the guest list, which was a good move because then I felt like I should go. And I show up and I said, hi, Josh. <laughs> he's like, my name is John. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I saw him performing and um, I thought, oh, he's kind of cute and fun. He's like in this really beautiful package, but he's kind of a big weirdo, which is what I like. And next thing you know, um, we've been together 20, 26 years, married 24. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you have to tell everybody, you know, which, which brings it all together where he proposed. Oh yeah, on the Wonder Wheel in Coney Island. On our third date, I, I said, God, this guy, I'm just gonna see if he can pass the Coney Island test. You know, see if he, if he says, yes, I'll drop everything and take a long train out to Coney Island. And he did, and he was fun. And, um, you know, he even went into the water with me and, um, you know, in our underwear, we just stripped down to our underwear and dove, you know, dove into the water. And then we went on the Wonder Wheel and the Cyclone. And, and that was kind of nailed it. I thought, oh, this guy's really fun. And so then he- Is that one of your favorite places? Is that why you- It was when I lived in New York. I loved Coney Island. Yeah. I love that. Um, I if, haven't if, been there in years. I think it's spiffed up a little bit. But if, I, if it passed, if he passed the Coney Island test, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he proposed me on the Wonder Wheel. He didn't have a ring, but he said- which is fine. I mean, I don't even wear a ring these days. Um, he said, oh, I got you the biggest ring I could find. And it was the Wonder Wheel. And so I named a production company Wonder Wheel Productions. I love that. That really. Well, speaking of that, where did the idea stem from? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the idea. I mean, yeah. I know where the name stemmed from. Where The idea. Um. I had, uh, we had moved to Los Angeles in 2008 and I was really doing a lot of voiceover work and had really wonderful success in that realm. And I moved out to LA and everything just kind of stunk. I just couldn't get a job and I wasn't getting acting jobs and I was about to hit 40. And so instead of complaining about it, we just decided, hey, we're, we're creative people. Let's try to make our own film. And the kids were six and 11 at the time. Lulu was 11. Zelda was six and um, we got in, we just bought an old RV. <coughs> we called Harvey the RV and we took off for a year and homeschooled the kids, made our first film rumble strips and fell in love. And it was kind of great because we were so ignorant. You no know, ignorance really is bliss because you're not, um, you're not afraid. You just kind of dive head first, you know, and you, th and you don't let, fear stop you and we didn't have any fear we just said yeah we can do this let's do it and now seven features in we're still doing it and and it's and and making a living as filmmakers it's wonderful wow did you know you could write i was really into creative writing so i figured i could write a screenplay but, but the thing is we rarely use a full screenplay 
we're just we're just um maybe my theater kind of history kind of comes into play here is where um you know a lot we do a lot of improvisation I'll write something, let's say, or John will write something, or Zelda. And then we'll just, it's just a jumping off point. And once we're in the scene, we really figure out what it's about. And because we're wearing every hat, because we also direct, we're writing them, we're directing the films, we're acting in the films, we shoot, we, we run the cameras. Um, John scores the music. We have a band and now we all make the music. And, um, and so we're, because we're doing all of that, we tend to know our characters in the story so well that it's a very organic experience. Um, it's a lot of work, but we're constantly together. And so we're constantly working at it. Um, it it's fun, it's wonderful. It's really beautiful to share that with your kids and your husband. Well, I mean, yeah, especially the kids were so young when you started. So I just see it created, you know, first of all, fostering their creativity for sure, whether they end up in this business or not. It's just such a great way to channel creativity at a, at a young age and, and give them purpose in some, you know, Thank like, you a, like I a really interesting purpose. I, yeah. I mean, I think what a fun experience with your parents. I, well, thanks for saying that. I mean, it's nice that they were gung-ho, you know, right. to do it. Not a, every kid would want to do it, and we certainly didn't force them. Um, for instance, Lulu, I mean, she graduated. She was in college for a few of our films, and now she's in, living in South Korea. She's just an adventurous thing. So she's not always here to work on the films to the extent that Zelda has been. Um, but when she is, it's wonderful. And uh, she, um, but she decided after the first, first or second film that she preferred being on the other side of the camera. And she's so adventurous and bold that whenever, like if we were shooting the desert, we could say, Lulu, we need a shot from that cliff. Can you climb up and get it? And she would be able to do it. Or this recent film, um, Lou, we need to shoot in the snow in a moving car with our gimbal, which is kind of like a steady cam. Can you do it? Of course I can do it. So um, she's just invaluable when, when we have her. Um, yeah, Zelda has really grown up doing it and she'll probably go on to study film studies in college. And she's making her own material now as well. And she's going to college. I mean, you know, as well. Yeah. So that's like a great thing. If you had to pinpoint, you know, the four of you, where would you um, say each of your strengths are in the process? That's a fun question. I, I do like writing, or in our case, um, if I'm not writing so much, it's I love thinking of storyline and making sure that the tiny little details that someone that I might not even want someone to see within the film, but that I know will connect to something else that subliminally things will make sense and all the T's will be crossed and I's dotted and, and this beautiful web that makes up a film. I love to be the spider who kind of spins all those fine little filaments. Um, Zelda is phenomenal <coughs> behind the camera. She's a really good photographer. She's brought a lot of movement to our films. Um, she, you know, she's the one who encouraged us to get things like a steady camera and a drone, and she operates all those things. Um, John is also great with the camera, but he edits our films and he scores them, and he's an incredible musician, and the music and the sound are just 
so good. And Lulu, like I said, is when when we get her to act in our films, she's she brings the sunburst. She's just like she's like lava. And then she's the person who will climb up the cliff and get the shot for you. And what's it like watching her act for you? Oh, you know, both kids, it's it's just, well, first of all, the fact that we have this for eternity, you know, to, to watch not only the kids, but ourselves growing on camera. I mean, we were pretty young when we started as well, um, is wonderful. But the girls, like Zelda, just, I learned so much acting across from Zelda. She didn't grow up studying acting like I had, but she's just such a natural. She's so still. She's just like, she can do some, so much with nothing. And that's a wonderful talent and a great lesson to learn for any actor. Yeah, and Lou just comes in with this raw energy. And John's phenomenal too. He'll never say he would. He, he hates to say that he's an actor, but he's a great actor. Are you the only, you know, I, I didn't think about it. I mean, are you the only family in show business that has done something like this that you know of? The only one that I know of, I, I think I've met some mothers and daughters, mother and daughter, or maybe an aunt and nephew who do something together and, and some couple, some husbands and wives um, and siblings. But I haven't, I don't think I know of anyone yet who. It, it, it's a brilliant idea. Um, what led it to be in the horror genre? Um, we had done four dramas, which we love doing, but it was hard to make a living making dramas. Um, I don't know why, but the the genre, the the horror genre, which, which usually that that genre will include things like sci-fi, the supernatural, um, <clears throat> not just you know slashers. You know there there there's so much that um, that genre encompasses. It comes with such a huge fan base, a wonderful community. They and for people who love like blood and guts and violence, they're the most lovable, wonderful, you know, cuddly, smart people in the world. So we found that from the first um, horror film we made, we felt like we were seen and embraced. And we still make dramas. We just add; they're just edgier. Um, but yeah, we've been able to make a living in that genre and we're very happy here. Our imagination is, is just constantly flying all over the place. Well, I mean, you know, you look at the, the, the genre, I mean, you know, we're still watching Halloween movies. Yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's horror everywhere. Life is pretty horrible. It's beautiful and wonderful, but there are terrors everywhere. I mean, and we all have nightmares. I really like to think of horror as a way to give breath to a nightmare. For us, it's just a way to, um, you know, to exercise demons in a very safe playing field of cinema. Oh, I love that description. Seven films. Is there a particular favorite for you? Sure. Two films ago, um, The Deeper You Dig, which was my first horror film. John and Zelda and Lulu had done something else that I only helped shoot, but it wasn't part of Wonder Will. But um, it was my first horror film, The Deeper You Dig. And um, I was actually undergoing cancer while we shot, and it was a reproductive cancer. So the story is about um, 
a mother whose daughter goes missing and the daughter comes back to haunt her murderer. So <clears throat> for me, there was something very personal going on. There was a real correlation between what I was going through having lost my maternal, you know, physically my, my, my eternal, my maternal, um, you know, organs, my maternal ability and, um, and what this mother was going through having lost her daughter. So that film, and I think it really sweetened the writing for me. I think it helped with my acting. I just, it gave me something to really hold on to. And it also gave me something to distract myself, you know, from feeling bad <laughs> about what I was going through. So that one's pretty personal for me, the deeper you dig. Wow. Absolutely. I mean, it, it sounds it. I mean, it's like a way to release all of that through through art. Yeah. Art is good for that, isn't it? Yeah. The, it's amazing. I, I, I love this so much. What is, uh, is it Lulu who's over in South Korea? Yeah. What is she doing there? Teaching English there for at least a year. Wow. Is that hard for you? No, it's not, because um, I'm so happy for her. And we, because of technology, we can talk a lot. Yeah, and, and see her. It's true. Sometimes I feel bad for my kids. I mean, when we were growing up, you know, yeah. maybe you get your parents a call once if you're away. <laughs> if, you, if you're in camp for two months, you got to talk to your parents once, you know? Now our kids, it's like, I can FaceTime yeah. anytime. A anytime, uh, devices... The devices can ring. How did motherhood change you? And uh, Liz and Kim were the first people you told. Anything you recall them sharing that helped? Uh, yeah, they both said, um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest. And uh, I felt so young in a way. I wasn't married, and you know, I, and I, I none of the conventional things were in place that were supposed to be there for a young person, uh, you know, young woman, whatever. I mean, I'm very unconventional, but that was a lot for a what, 27, 28 year old. Um, and they basically said, "You're going to be right. Whatever you decide to do with yourself and with with your family is is your business and your choice, and you're going to be all right." And they and Liz had just, I think, had a child. Um, or was about to. I, I think her child was maybe a year behind or a year ahead of ahead of Isabella. I would say. Yeah, yeah, and I um, think she might just be a year older than Lulu. Um, and then Kim had her three kids, and uh, yeah, and they were wonderful parents. So it was. I just felt like I'm, it was going to be okay. Oh, but motherhood, mother. I mean, motherhood. Yeah. Just for me, it's the greatest gift in the world. I don't think people have to have children to be wonderful people. Um, in fact, I think it's one, I, I always respect people who decide, I don't want to have kids. I think that's really cool. Um, motherhood for me has just been everything. I, I love my kids, but um, you know, we're all equals in our family. I've never, I mean, obviously they know I'm their mother. I know they're my children, but we're great friends. I don't, I don't go by the whole, some people say, oh, you can't be friends with your kids. You just can't. And I just, that, I don't come from that school of thought. I'm wonderful friends with my kids and they teach me so much. Sometimes when I need a friend, I call my kids and I say, I need someone to talk to. Tell me your thoughts about this. And they give me great advice and they're my kids. 
I love that. I love that. I mean, they must feel the same way, though. I mean, you're, you know, doing the projects you've done are time-consuming projects you're taking on. It's not something that, you know, you can do in two minutes and, you know, they can go play with their friends. I mean, it's it's a real time-consuming project putting, a you know, a film production together and writing and acting in it and getting it getting it seen. It's true. Um, and I think it makes us closer we always knew when to stop with the kids we knew you know we can only work this long especially at a certain age you know we're gonna um we're not gonna work long uh, you're gonna have a meltdown <laughs> you know uh, it, it just we, we never reached that 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 point um we were very respectful of their needs but we also live i mean we didn't always live isolated but where we live now in the catskill mountains is pretty isolated so it gave zelda something to do who was already off at college. <laughs> and now a lot of the community, I mean, we must have, must have 50 locals acting in our new film because now they're so used to us and they just say, hey, can I be in your film? Yes. Here, wear this. We're going to shoot an you know, 11-year-old kid when I'm done talking with you um, who wanted to be in the film and she's going to be great. Well, yeah, that's just another um, creating more opportunities for young kids, you know, they may not know right now at that 11 year old age, but you're, you know, giving them that opportunity to see what you do and what it's like and what goes into it. And, Absolutely. you know, to explore that creativity. Yeah, some kids are great artists. So they helped um, paint the sets, you know, our current movie takes place in the depression era America and it has to have a certain look and some kids were great artists and they said, can I paint something? And we said, sure. And then we just put them in a costume and we use them too, you know, as actors. Um, but they've contributed, you know, to the production and I think it gets them excited, especially they are growing up in a tiny town, you know, there's not a lot to do and it's really cool. It's cool for us. I think it's cool for them. We're grateful. Do you watch other horror films to see what's out there? Yeah, we yeah we love watching horror films. But our favorite thing is to go to the festivals. Sometimes we say we make movies just to go to the festivals because the festivals are so much fun. You meet so many other great filmmakers and the people who love films. And so they're just like buzzing with all kinds of goodness when you go to these festivals and you get to travel. Um, so we, yeah, no, we, we try to watch to be inspired, um, by other filmmakers, certainly, but it's important for us to try, if we do see something we like, it's important for us to almost forget, be influenced by it, but then forget it because we want to always make sure we're doing something. It's hard to be, it's hard to be original anywhere because everything's kind of been done. And so it's really important for us to try to be original with um, our storylines and how we portray them. I love that. The festival. So uh, because of this show, I uh, was asked to be a voter on uh, the out film festival from Winston-Salem, North Carolina back in 2020. Last year I was invited to go, but COVID had just, you know, reared its ugly head again. So this year I'm actually going to go. So it will be my first uh, actual in-person festival. 
So I'm actually excited. I really enjoyed being on the panel um, and just getting to see the variety of what people put out was really a cool experience. Oh, for sure. That's cool. I'm so glad you're going to get to go. And coming from, you know, working, starting my career in film, like, you know, we had done the New York Film Festival with certain movies, but, you know, being now involved and getting to vote, it's cool. It's a cool process. That's very cool. What, uh, the next film you're working on, what, pro where are you in that process? We're almost done. We're about to take off for a month. We're dropping Zelda off at college and then to celebrate our empty nest, we're uh, going to travel for several weeks and edit while we're traveling. Um, and so we're almost done shooting. I think we'll probably realize that we have to reshoot a couple things. Um, not probably with us, but just some little filler stuff when we come back. So we're almost done. And are you going anywhere like road trip or anywhere out of the country? Yeah, we're going to go to France and Spain and Belgium. Don't know where else, somewhere around there that we can kind of take a train or drive. What are you most excited for over there? Which Just to, just explore these tiny little villages, you know, medieval villages up on a hill. I love old stuff. Do you film when you do things like that? We normally would. We would go and be very thrifty and you know, nimble with stealing shots from things, but <laughs> I don't think we will. And we're not shooting anything that would kind of really fit. Um, I think we're just going to enjoy ourselves and edit and write. I love that. So um, going back to your daughters quickly, when did you, did you see in them that they could act at an early age or did you just start doing Wonder Wheel productions? How did you... Um, yeah, they both really took to it really well with the first film, Rumble Strips. Um, it was pretty wild. You know, I think young people are can be very free um, with 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 themselves, and I think they felt comfortable. So I realized right off the bat, oh, these guys are really good. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Do you know what the next film will be when you return? Yeah, we're working. Well, we, we might start working with some other people, which will be a whole new experience. Um, but we're writing our next Wonder Wheel production, which will probably be about a year from now that we would start shooting. Um, and that's really going to be a really cool one. That's, that's incredible. It, I, I don't know if people are watching some of this uh, later. They're like, Kurt was Ross? I don't understand. <laughs> Okay. He was for the screen test. He was for the screen test. They might be watching yeah. uh, the interview earlier. Toby, it's such a pleasure, such a fun hour to spend with you. You too, Alan. Thank you for the wonderful questions. And um, this was really fun to uh, go back in time. And thank you, you go back and for watching. They, you know, Amanda made an impact. Well, that's cool. And, and you said, you know, Marge and, and seeing fans for the first time, did you go to some of the fan events? Not many. I mean, I went to... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. <laughs> 
The Chamba life is for everybody. So go to ChambaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChambaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The ones I remember the most were like St. Jude's had some wonderful yep. events. I really enjoyed those. Um, but no, I haven't. You know, once I was off the show, uh, I I think I lost touch with with the show in many ways, um, but that's why it's really feels great to come on and and be reconnected to it today. So thank you. You're so welcome, and and you do keep in touch with Liz. I I read right, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Liz Liz is good people. Oh, and I was going to say the way you were describing her because you know she's coaching today. Yeah. You know, and and I was thinking when you described her back then as being that great listener, I thought, wow, you know, like it was really uh, in her DNA. Absolutely. To to become that coach. She's a special one. Totally, totally. You you have the most amazing vacation. Please post pictures. (laughs) I'm very jealous. Paris is one of my favorites. I'm excited. John lived there for a long time, so he should really be, uh, it'll be fun to be, be under his wing. Does he speak it as well? He speaks it a little bit. He was a model in the 90s. He had quite a bit of success um, modeling in the 90s, so um, that's why he was there a lot. Wow. That's a fun place, I, I bet, to model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you have a great afternoon. Thanks again for spending the time. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for watching today. Thank you, Toby Poser, for joining us. If you want to learn more about Wonder Wheel Productions, go to wonderwheelproductions.com. Please join me tomorrow when British actress Amrita Akaria joins me live to discuss her new role in the stars series, The Serpent Queen. You may also recognize her from Game of Thrones. If you haven't yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, you can do so down below. Please turn on the notifications for reminders of all upcoming shows. And remember, you can download audio versions of The Locker Room. Just search The Locker Room on your favorite streaming platform. Have a great evening, everybody, and I will see you tomorrow afternoon. Bye.